Hello, you amazing people. You're listening to the Marketing and Coffee Podcast, the show that brings you the latest in marketing, especially in the UAE market, with your host, Lijo Itoup. Hello, welcome to episode 31. While I thought it was going to be a guest session, I realized that should be a espresso series because of the recent downfall of Spree. It has been placed under liquidation and I kept thinking it came in the close heels of awok.com. It got me thinking that there's so many e-commerce, they had funding, they had everything, they had, uh, what went wrong? Now, I'll, I cannot address the fact of the financial issues, but yes, I'll try to address from the marketing point of view. During this pandemic, when offline businesses were facing resistance, more and more businesses moved online and added up to the crowd. Standing out from the crowd is becoming challenging day by day. A holistic e-commerce marketing strategy is made up of marketing tactics both off and on your website. So I feel a sound marketing strategy can help you build awareness, drive customer loyalty. As I said, regarding non-marketing matters, I really cannot say what let us follow spree and a walk. Between e-commerce and various e-commerce players I speak to, I can see kind of see a split of the e-commerce market into three broad segments. What I suggest you to think is about a typical pyramid in this model and all needs different approaches. There is top of the pyramid, middle of the pyramid, and of course the bottom of the pyramid. Jeff Bezos once said, if everything you do needs to work on a three-year time horizon, then you're competition against a lot of people. If you're willing to invest on a seven-year time horizon, you're now competing against a fraction of those people. Just by lengthening the time horizon, you can engage in endeavors that you'd would otherwise pursue, would never pursue. Now, Jeff Bezos and Amazon clearly is on the top of the pyramid with visions of seven to 10 years to start with. And with a drive which says they are now willing to sow the seeds, let them grow in five to seven years with a stubborn vision and flexible on details. Not many can afford to be Amazon. Very few like Noon and Walmart can afford to even put up a semblance of a fight. Irrespective of your vertical business, that part of the pyramid is taken and unless you're willing to beat billions of dollars, you still have a tough fight. I'll come to the middle of the pyramid later. I just covered top of the pyramid and we know who the players are. The bottom of the pyramids are the typical homegrown brands, Facebook and Instagram pages or even a website or on Shopify and with almost negligible digital sprint and doing some basic boosting. I personally hate that word boosting and it uh, makes the entire ad industry look bad. But yes. They're comfortable with word of mouth marketing. Lot of them have offline presence also, which they manage simultaneously. Many use things as drop shipping. Very low on investment. The churn within the segment is very high. Lot of people come in and leave. Because if you go back to what Jeff Bezos says, the horizon is not big. They want to two years. They don't make, the struggle is real. As long as you can keep the acquisition costs low and keep the operation costs low, you can still make this work and be profitable. It depends on the industry and the category that you are in. Now that brings me to the middle of the pyramid. Spree.com was a classic case where they started at the lower end of the pyramid and worked their way up. There are many such brands like Namshi, Kipsons out there. I would categorize Namshi.com amongst many others. They will struggle to make it to the top of the pyramid but are one of the strongest players in the middle of the pyramid. What I will try to cover in the podcast where I see a lot of bulk of the e-commerce players are is the middle of the pyramid as they have the right passion are investing a lot of in terms of money and time than bottom of the pyramid and often lack the strength of the top of the pyramid 
while I can't come in much on optimizing operational costs or for that matter pretty much other sides of the operation, let me dive into marketing and more digital marketing. I think every e-commerce player knows this word called lifetime value. I tell all my e-commerce clients to make sure that they categorize the customers into three different segments, active, passive, and dormant. Active is something that you can define, like somebody who, and depends on the product category. Suppose you're selling furniture, somebody who buys a furniture once every three months. If you're selling food items, somebody who buys your food products every second day. So that depends. But yes, you have to define what is active, passive, and dormant customers for you. And how will you make sure that the dormant customers become more passive, they buy a little less, uh, more, and how does passive customers become more active? You have to categorize this one shape, uh, size does not fit all. Focusing on customer retention is a cost of effective increase sales. So returning customers account for around 25 to 30% of the retailer's revenue while making just 11% of the total customer base. This is according to Swiss Labs. A lot of things can be done in terms of making sure the customer's return increase your lifetime value. There could be email, there could be remarketing, retargeting, AI tools. One of the key things that you need to make sure is the product lifespan of the product. Now, uh, it could be measured in days, weeks, months, or years. Product lifespan can vary differently among products. For example, FMCG like bread, sandwich has a very short lifespan and a short sales cycle. You need it every second day, third day. Cars, refrigerator, houses got a longer lifespan. So for you to have a lifetime value is easier for if the uh, chance of somebody buying from website is comes more often. Product life plays are important in creating a marketing pricing strategies. Now, for the shorter your lifespan, the more meaningful customer retention becomes because then that much gives you an opportunity. And that also gives an opportunity for a customer on the other side for you to acquire that consumer. So it's very important. So it all comes with its pros and cons. So once a consumer has made a choice on a product where the, the purchase behavior cycle is once in six months or nine months, you cannot acquire that customer. But once, if, you, if, you return, if your product lifespan cycle is three days, four days, then you have a huge chance of making sure the customer does come back to the site and buy more. For example, if you're selling swimming pools or cars, then spending time and money on improving customer retention is not that useful as you won't expect repeat business. What can work with them is to get referral business. While very difficult, getting a consumer to download an app does go a great way to increase lifetime value as customized notification, depending either active, passive, or dormant, can be sent to induce specific behaviors. Now, to get a consumer to download an app, that itself is very ahead in the lifetime value because the consumer has committed to downloading an app and keeping it there. Second is what I want to talk about is uh, channel-wise acquisition cost. Uh, many times, a lot of people come and ask me, what should be my budget? What should be my acquisition cost that I should look at? Well, it depends on your business. For people who do not know what, how to calculate consumer acquisition cost, it's simply dividing all the costs spent on acquiring more customers, which is your marketing expenses, by the number of customers acquired in the period the money was spent. For example, if a company spent $1,000 on marketing in a year and acquired 100 customers in the same year, their consumer acquisition cost is what? Yeah, exactly, $10. Now, how much should it be is the question for you. So suppose it now goes down to what is the gross profit that you're making while selling this product. So if you're selling a product uh, at 300 dirhams and your gross margin is uh, 30%, that is 90, 90 dirhams. So if a consumer comes and buys a product for 90 dirhams, you have that leverage of 90 dirhams to buy, acquire the customer. A lot of the e-commerce, and I'm sure that's free, 
over index the acquisition cost and i feel since they were aggressive in their pricing they were burning candles on both ends the gross margins was reduced to acquire new customers and also they spend more marketing money to acquire that consumer so the total net cost of final acquisition was so high that for you that means ended up you're burning cash to make sure that customer stays with you eventually you ran out of cash and that's what i feel happened so think channel so when you are looking at a consumer acquisition cost you think of multiple channels so you don't only look at an overall acquisition cost and the days are gone you have so much data out there is it lower down the funnel acquisition are you getting the customer at top of the funnel make sure that your entire acquisition architecture is in place where you understand that where is a customer acquisition coming from where is the sale being attributed to now attribution is one of the biggest challenges when you come to realize that the market should generate revenue and that you need an attribution to track that the question is which attribution model should you use there are multiples obviously it would be ideal to track the entire customer journey and be provided with insight into the mind of the buyer as to why they made the decision they did at every inflection point unfortunately for us humans that is not yet possible there are a lot of this there is time decay attribution model there is direct attribution model so it's very difficult for us of course depending on the industry we look at different models but it is important for you to know what is your acquisition cost per channel and because that's where you optimize your conversions the next next best thing is uh, attribution modeling tracking as much of a customer journey as possible there are as i said there are multiple attribution models out there but of course that itself it's a podcast by itself attribution there are lots of controversies with still no attribution google analytics has got attribution facebook analytics has got attribution and we always see that the data facebook attribution and the google attribution data never matches everybody is trying to attribute the final uh, sales to themselves so yes that's for another day uh, another conversation but it is important for you to at least have a fair sense that where are you acquiring the customer from and at what cost one of the things that people under pitch is the first time value the first time visitors strangers to your business at their first visit they become aware of your brand uh, at the awareness stage they are not ready to make a purchase decision so you have to understand that the customer was coming in at that point of time has had gone first exposure to the brand they say that you have to give the brand seven exposures in the initial stage now i think you have to go 20 25 exposures for the consumer gets convinced to buy especially when it comes to e-commerce stores the first time visitors hold a lot of value the you are spend good marketing money to get that customer at that point of time onto your site and it's harder to acquire if you're running a ppc campaign they cost the most they're not familiar with it. there are multiple reasons uh, why people lose they abandon the card the site wanted me to create an account that's one of the biggest uh, drawbacks people feel and you always feel i want my data i want consumer to log in uh too long complicated checkout process i couldn't see calculate total order uh, website had errors i did not know was the logistics cost the delivery was too slow so there is there are so many permutation combination it's up to us uh, i'll cover that more in the conversion rate optimization segment on how to make sure that your uh, first time user it value goes up so there are other impact ways because when the consumer is coming you need to understand what are the doubts that could be in mind maybe the live chat to engage the shoppers on your uh, channel or make sure that on the top of the page uh, the strip that our addresses like 24 hours de- uh, delivery within 24 hours good return policies these are the top 
worries that's there in the consumer's mind. Next thing I want to address is about effective versus efficient marketing. Recently, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, Girish Upadhyay, who works for Madison Media, about his article about efficient and effective marketing. Making the right choice between efficient and effectiveness in your marketing strategy without skewing towards one can be a catalyst for tremendous gun. This is what we need to identify. So what is efficient marketing? Efficient marketing is essentially where you measure uh, what is the cost per click, what is the cost per acquisition, what is the return on advertising spend. So different efficient models. Effective is more of contribution market side to the business. As a result, effectiveness measures are generally more financially driven. But the question is, okay, this sounds good for top of the pyramid where I look at efficient. I For me, as the middle of the pyramid, I need to make every penny count. Not necessarily true. So can the question is middle of the pyramid e-commerce player afford to look at effective marketing? One cannot ignore it. One of the key metrics one can look at it from efficient marketing point of view is ROS, return advertising spend. The return advertisement cannot be looked in isolation though. The same ads can give better ROS if the website is ready to aid the consumer to buy more. Most consumers land on website to buy something specific after seeing an ad. Especially in the beginning, the consumer may be attracted by the price and may give your brand a chance. Be aware of the lack of trust the consumer has and ensure the user journey addresses that. For example, easy returns. By the focus needs to mix of efficient and effective marketing. Now, how do you do that? How do you make sure that there is effective marketing also? So all that I have to say at this point of time uh, is that not all inefficient marketing is ineffective marketing. So make sure that you have a long-term perspective also for this marketing. Now, one of the biggest challenges that somebody faces is that what happens after the purchase, after the sale, no one builds a brand affinity with just one purchase, which has been bought by some, maybe a discount. It's like a leaking bucket. People are bored of social media in the present format. Too much of content, information, no brand loyalty. It's gone. It's followers are fragment personas. So community, building a community of followers, no matter how big or small it is, you have to start somewhere. Build a band of people, a brand ambassador, loyal fans. Make sure there's user-generated content. It's a great way of generating social proof. Now, uh, a lot of the brand experiences and now influencers do play a role in this. Nano influencers play a role. But it is important for an e-commerce player over a longer period on because I'm not, I don't see much of e-commerce players doing it. It is build a community of followers. There's so much of consumer acquisition that they don't believe that why should somebody be there to build a community and how does it help? Now, uh, so today I recently had a problem with Amazon. The way they gave me a service of a return was amazing and I, I may not be a fan but anytime somebody asks me about what how about Amazon's return policy for example given Amazon is an example but it could be true it's a word of mouth they said oh no it's amazing they had took back the product immediately there was no issues and that helps now for spring my wife bought something and they had this policy of the wrong bow and she had a tough time what was prominent on the website and what she finally got delivered because there was a big gap she never became a fan Brings to the next topic, riches is the niches. If you niches, if you try to be all things to all people, you won't be anything to anybody. Find your niche. There are brands that is to many things to many consumers like Amazon. There are various ways to find your niche. You can sit and map features or products that you have with competition where you stand out. You can use, there are various models. You can use Michael Porto's five forces method to understand the competitive market or even the strategy group analysis where you see which cluster market you're closest to or even the growth 
share matrix. Basic premise is there you have to find your niche. The, I, without, I cannot take names. So I've, I've worked with clients. I've found niches for them within the category. Now, as I said, many things to many consumers, only the brands like Amazon can afford to. Can you afford to in the middle of the pyramid? Highly unlikely. One of the things that Namshi has done in the middle of the pyramid is very strict to a very specific requirement of uh, and premium dress wear. So the entire thing like is proposition is about lifestyle. Now, if I look at Kipson for that matter in the middle of the pyramid, they have gone ahead and done a very specific. So they are fighting the likes of Carrefour from a grocery supplier. They're fighting the likes of Carrefour. They even Amazon does not, cannot fight with them. So there is strength in, in finding a niche. So you find your niche. It's through any of the methods that I suggested. Happy to get into a call if required, but then find those niche to make sure that it works for you. Next thing I want to cover is about customization and Personalization is another effective marketing tactic using there's so much of data now. Personalized experience to the visitor according to their past actions using email. BCG says that the persons can lift the sales as much as 10%. But the opportunity I feel is much greater than that. Know about your customers. Please understand the consumers today that's buying from you, even in the middle of the pyramid, there's no way that they have not had an exposure to the top of the pyramid bank. It's not like they only buy from the middle of the pyramid or the bottom of the pyramid. They know what they're buying. So their entire experience, the way the retargeting, remarketing, and the also bought series, AI that work, they have an exposure to the brands of likes of Amazon. So when you see an exposure to that kind of a brand, it consumer does not see you as a middle of the pyramid brand. It wants almost the same kind of experience. He says, I'm paying money for something. If I don't find that kind of an experience, then why should I do it? So it's important that you think Customize the personalization to the level of Amazon. There are so many tools out there which helps you do that or you have to build it. After finding the niche and if you build that personalization and customization, can you imagine what it, it, it's, it's a win-win for you. So you are fighting, you're taking a niche within that segment and driving hard the kind of personalization journey your consumer has. I spoke earlier about conversion rate optimization. For people who do not know, it's a practice of optimizing website for on-site conversion and increased sales. Practice in CRO helps you identify areas on your site. Where are you losing sale? Who's dropping off? And why? What can you do to capture those missed opportunities? Now, uh, a lot of the brands can afford to put a UX UI engineer and make sure that you do group studies, understand the need base, what is a, or even use heat maps to understand what the consumer is doing on the website once they come up to that. So if the process is done through both qualitative and quantitative research, so you give a holistic and unbiased view of how conversion-oriented your site is. Once you've conducted your research to identify challenges and opportunities, you can develop hypotheses and test which approaches generate the most sales. But it's important that you go through that journey. The lesser number of steps that you have for conversion, the better for you. The attention span of a consumer is almost negligible. I've had I bought from the websites of friends and families who have got e-commerce. I said, okay, I, I push myself through. The first user attrition is very high. The attrition that people feel when they're using that brand or blinding on the website mm -hmm. for the first time or for that matter, an app. So it's very important that you have the right journey so that the conversion rate is optimized. So look at every step of the way. What are the doubts the consumer will have at that point of time? At the time of checkout, will delivery be his worry uh, at the time of looking at the product will the trustworthiness of that product be a worry while clicking on the product added to uh, when you add to cart 
will that the fact that will this brand deliver on time be a worry so there are so many things that plays on the mind of the consumer it is important that you think through all of those parts i am sure the brands like spree or evoc always had this figured out but i feel on an overall basis where they could have gone wrong is making sure that their basic fundamentals of consumer acquisition went wrong and they really burned the candle which makes me to comes to the next point which is you have to invest behind tech now now doesn't matter it's it's not only about facebook advertising google advertising there's that much you can do google facebook has now put a cap of 250 ads as i spoken in my last last podcast that shows the real estate is under tremendous pressure now it's a matter of time there is tiktok there is linkedin there is so much of analytics with google analytics for there's so much understanding at the consumer level so what you need to do is invest behind the right tech automation you have to have automation tools that will automate a large part of the what you are doing so invest behind to, uh, the right tools so middle of the pyramid brands a lot of brands feel that just doing facebook advertising instagram advertising and google advertising or maybe even push yourself and do twitter and instagram and twitter and tiktok that you have done the journey but the amount of data that's been generated and for you to take correct action so that you prevent the leakages in the spend that you do it's very important and that's where automation comes in there's so much that goes into e-commerce and i really empathize with the journey of the founders who have put their heart and soul and burning that money and the midnight oil to give that service that is required it is very important that you stay on the course make sure that you have the right measures to say that you are you have a long time horizon this is a tough battle and all the best i am available on linkedin by the name of lijo youtube i run a digital marketing agency by the name of prodigy connect at any given point of time any doubts or clarification you can reach out to me linkedin you can reach out to me by email or on my instagram i'll be more than happy to address the questions that would have come on this podcast thank you once again and i hope you have had a good learning from this podcast thank you